0: Yeah, Andrew. Andrew says that he says that most Christians, and he's right, because if any of us live for any length of time, he says that most Christians or people who call themselves Christians don't let the Bible get in the way of what they believe. You heard Andrew say that? Yep. Yep. He says, and that's kind of true, and that's kind of sad, because when we have a heart that's 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 going to get established, like Mel and Terry were just saying. Getting your heart established, that's what Jesus was talking about with that whole Im- of building your house on the rock. He says, you know, Matthew 7, the whole story and parable of uh, you can either build your house on, house on the rock or you can build it on the sand. Either way, you know, and he's talking about believers, people who sit and hear the same message, but one hears and gets established in their heart because the storms of life are coming. Buckle up. Whether you like it or not, the storms of life are going to come. So, you know, when somebody is untaught in the Word, they will say, oh my gosh, God did this. Something bad happens. Oh, why is God allowing this? That, that's, that is not even accurate to what's happening. But we get, we get played like a fiddle, so to speak, because we have all these, these incorrect ideas that come across God. We blame God for certain things that He's got nothing to do with because we haven't been established. And so our house can get demolished by the winds and the waves. We, now we, I, I don't believe that, that necessarily that means that we're not going to go to heaven or something like that. But our life can be so affected because we just don't know which way is up. I don't know if you guys have been some of you are scuba divers. Karen and I have been scuba diving since well, we we on honeymoon? Corrin, well, I mean, I would been a scuba diver for. A, I'm a little older than Karen, just a little, right? <laughs> but um, and so I loved. I wanted to introduce Karen to diving. And and if you if you're a diver and you and you do and you do, you get to you get to learn, especially in advanced diving, you get to learn what it's like to get knocked. Or nitrogen narcosis is a, is a symptom that gets, when you go too deep and you're breathing air and you're not dre- breathing mixed gases, you, you can lose orientation. And it's very, very dangerous if you drive, dive too deep. And, and so they teach you how to, to recognize nitrogen narcosis and, and, to, and, to, and to what you can do to prevent it, to find which way your bubbles are going and things like that. But, you know, we can, we can lose orientation in the world so easily because we are not established. And yet, our true north, our, our, the way God's here. You know, uh, David wrote it in Psalm 119. Your Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And we have a way to walk this way. It's never been more, more. Uh, uh, what's the word? Relevant today than the the word of God is perfectly revel- relevant. It is an eternal word that is there to help us and. You know, um, as we, you know, starting well today's message, this this flows so well together because you know we 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 have an option. You and I are faced with an option. Um, you know, we, we get an, we get to choose what we're going to believe. We're going to get to choose whether we will be disciples. If you've been uh, at Lake Haven for any length of time, you will know that being a disciple is not just a one-time event. When you choose to come to Jesus and you say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to make you Lord and Savior of my life. That's a great choice. That is an eternal choice, the best choice ever. You've, we all come to that place. You have to make that choice. But then we get to choose whether we will be a disciple. And that is a daily choice. A disciple is somebody who chooses to follow God, chooses to be a student of the Word of God. You know, we, we often hear um, John 8, Thirty, you know, um, where, are we're, we're, um Forget it. Thirty-two, I think it is. But I didn't even have it in my notes. But, but it's like when Jesus said that. The tr- well, we we, co- we keep hearing it quoted. The truth will set you free. But that's not exactly truth. Jesus said, if you are my disciples, you'll know my word. You know, you'll be established. You can you, you can abide. My disciples will abide in my word, and then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So the little phrase that the truth will set you free is to- taken totally out of context. If we choose to be a disciple, we choose to be a follower of the Lord, then, and we choose to, to ad- adopt and to follow His ways, then we will know the truth to, that will set us free. Now, look, people, we can be children of God and not know the truth. It just means that we're going to have a harder life. I mean, if I hadn't put that choice before you, like Joshua, as for me in my house, you know, I will, we will serve the Lord. I don't know about you guys. I don't know what you're going to choose. That's what he said to Israel, remember? Uh, Joshua 24, I think it is. He said, he says, listen, if you guys want to serve other gods, you want to do it your way, you have at it. But for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. We will choose to serve God. I, I believe we are at such a impacting time in history. The world right now is upside down and crazy. They are, uh, fear has been, uh, fear has been the trumpet that has been used through this COVID thing, and unfortunately fear has been so, I I watched it happen, I I saw, and my heart was concerned for Christians that weren't established in the truth of God, because fear was being preached at people through Fauci and all of these other things that came, fear, 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 and it was less to do about the, the, the actual disease or, or the sickness or vaccination, whatever the case is, then fear. Fear has pushed people into holes. Fear is causing people. Fear causes like a feeding frenzy of fear. People get dominated by fear. Fear becomes the driving factor by which people make decisions. And that is not a good place to live life. When fear is your Lord, because that's really what happens. You can say, oh, Jesus, 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 but if you've allowed fear to come in and you let fear make all the decisions, it will send you down. You will be tossed like, like it says, the proverbial wind and waves. You can't stand, and so you have to, we have to make choices constantly of whether we will be disciples, whether we will use the, these tools like uh, Terry and Mel have here. It's, Bible school is phenomenal, Bible school gives you that opportunity. And listen, it doesn't mean like, well, I'm not going to go to Bible school. I'm not going to be a preacher. That's got nothing to do with it. It's the best foundation you could possibly have for life because you and I have a purpose. You don't, many people don't think they have a purpose, but you, 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 I, we each have a kingdom purpose. And God, I'm telling you, uh, uh, Steve and I were talking this week, and, and, and Keith and I were just talking about uh, Keith and Sue just before the service. But I really do believe, I really believe God is using, I even hate the word, secular uh, jobs and people. But, but you know that you are plugged into society now that will very rarely not tune into one of the gazillions of channels that they can entertain themselves with right now. You are plugged into, into a workplace where you are probably the closest thing to Jesus that somebody could experience. You. You're it. Yeah, tag. You're it. You are it. You are the hands and feet of Jesus. And, and uh, you know, I, I have that message, but I mean, I, I almost wanted to burst and preach that whole message. But it is Christ in us, the hope of glory. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. But you see, we we have this idea. We've surrendered that, and we've said, you know what, Jesus, won't you do this? And we pray these religious fake prayers that let Jesus do this. I'm sorry, it's not a real prayer. Jesus ain't going to do what He told you to do. I'm going to say it again. Jesus and the Father God Himself cannot do, cannot do what He told you and me to do. He cannot. But you see, we think this, we, we, we want to send the Holy Spirit to places. Oh, Lord, send angels and send the Holy Spirit and send here while I, while I sit here. So where do you see that? Have you heard this angel dispatching message? I mean, have you found, if somebody finds a verse somewhere, please tell me. There's one verse that says that angels are sent to those who, will, who, who, who are going to inherit salvation. It says that they come to help us. Nowhere does it say, hey, listen, guys, you have a bunch of angels and you can dispatch them to do your will. Not once. Not once do I see one of the apostles doing that. But, you know, we adopt these things real quick without checking something out. Oh, sorry, it got real quiet. Boom. It's like... Boom. That's the sacred cow. Or, or, sorry. No. But, but I'm, t- I'm telling you, you know, we, we, we cannot, we, we are it. The, 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 the amount of Scripture and, and, and the powerful teaching to grasp the truth that, hold on a second, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That God has equipped us to do the work of the ministry. And that's literally what church is about church is about us being prepared this Sunday morning, the little bit of Sunday morning, our life groups especially, about equipping us to do the work of the ministry. So not just the work of the ministry for out there, but I mean like that, when, when the storms of life come, when diagnoses like, like Mel just mentioned come your way. How many, of, how many of us do, I mean, have gone through that thing? I've seen that over the years. I can't even tell you how many times somebody's got a bad report. And what you do with that bad report is important. The quicker you deal with that bad report and you know how to deal with that bad report and, you, and you, do, you know how to deal with it, and we've been equipping you for years, teaching you how to respond. But you know what the greater piece of Christianity said to say on Facebook? Oh, I got this bad report. And some people actually take pride in their bad reports. Really, they do. It gives, them a, it gives them a feeling of importance. Oh, I've got this terrible, my, my, my this, my, my diagnosis, my this. If I step on your toes, I meant it. Uh, sorry. sorry. No, but I mean, it's like, I mean, it's like, you know I mean? You know, we have been given tools for life and godliness, we've been given every promise. For, for these, but these these things that we we do, um, you know, we, we take we take our identity from these things, and we shouldn't take our identity from them. You know, um, I called the, the title of this message "Possessing Your Land" because um, what what really we see, and I've referenced this a little bit in in the last month or so, but but in the illustration, and we see this in First Corinthians 10, by the way, um, and I'm going to read. Verse one to twelve here quickly. I want you to know, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and were all passed through the sea and were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and the sea. Now this is the New Testament, Paul writing to the Corinthians, and all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them God was not pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things took. Listen to this, verse six. Now these things took place as examples for us that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not be idolaters, as some of them were, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality, as some of them did. And 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test, as some of them did, and were destroyed by serpents. Nor grumble, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as an example, it says here again in 11. But they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. So, what we see here, now, Paul, this is the apostle of grace, people. Okay, so he's not preaching legalism. He's saying, hey, listen, guys, this whole example of what we can look back at, at the journey from Egypt into the promised land was an example for us. We see there, there's spiritual there's spiritual references to how we came up in, in Hebrews chapter three and four. Um, we see that a very very powerful teaching. In the, the The writer of the book of Hebrews writes, and he says that that un, that he uses again how they entered had the choice whether to enter into rest in the promised land. The promised land or Canaan at the time um, was promised land was a place of rest. It was a place of provision, and and that place um, is a, a depiction in our days, it, it is, a, is a type and shadow of us entering into kingdom life. You and I have this option, choice as I said earlier, whether we will or not enter into or possess our land. The question is, will you possess your land? Because nobody else can. If you want to enjoy the benefits that God paid for you, earned for you. You have to make a decision if you will possess your land. And and these examples, as I said, I mean, when they left Egypt was a place, it was a type of the world. And, and of course, the, the, the blood on the doorposts, I'm assuming we all know the story, blood on the doorposts, type of the blood of the Lamb of Christ. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Here they have the blood, salvation. They go into, they they leave with everything. They have with wealth and everything that they needed. They get supernaturally provided for. They go through the Red Sea, which some people say is a type of, you know, baptism going into. Then there's a, there's there's going through the wilderness. And and they didn't, you know, they did not have to stay 40 years in the wilderness. They were got there in approximately 11 days. They had the choice. They send the 12 spies out. Um, the, the twelve spies. Two of them said, "Listen, we can do it." There's giants, and the, but the, look at these grapes, dude. These grapes are as big as watermelons. Look at this. We it, and God, we were well able to take it, but ten of them said, "We can't do it. We just too. Small. We just little. We're just little baby grasshoppers compared to these guys." And God had said, "I will help you." And they said, uh uh-uh. "Uh." We're too small. And Hebrews 3 and 4 says that is an evil heart of unbelief. Because of evil heart of unbelief, the whole nation, including those two who said, yeah, yeah, remember, they were the only two who entered the land 40 years later, plus the kids under a certain age, just so that you... Have accuracy. It's not literally two. There were kids under a certain age, and Joshua and Caleb were the only two who entered the land because they had an evil heart of unbelief that would not adopt. And, and that's what Hebrews 3 and 4 teaches. That, that we we cannot al- allow an evil heart of unbelief, otherwise, we won't be able to enter and possess our land. And there's even more examples because if you read through the New Testament and, and, well, sorry, the Old Testament and the story of Exodus and so forth and Leviticus, you'll find out that they didn't possess the land. Joshua at the end of his life said, Listen, and the judges that were with him said, Listen, and, and after Joshua died, and they, he said, Listen, you guys, as I said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. And they said, No, no, we're going to serve God. And he says, I don't think you can serve God. He said, No, no, we're going to serve God. We're going to do it, says Israel. And then we know the stories, and that it, they did not, he said, if you don't get rid of these people, they will be thorns in your sides and pricks, thorns and pricks in your side. And that's exactly what happened. And these are, these are all examples for us. These are examples for us. Now that doesn't mean that you're not, listen, the question, I want you to just eradicate this from your thinking. The question is not, if you have been born again, praise God, you're going to heaven. Okay. You've left Egypt, hallelujah, praise God. But will you grumble, will you let things in your life, will you do these things, will you allow adultery, immorality, these things that can can come in and can subvert your life. They can take you out early. God's will is not automatically done for you. I'm going to say it again. God's will is not automatically done for you. For you and I know all of us that thought, Oh, I can just sit down on this little roller coaster ride of, of God and just come to church. And God's well, if it comes, then it's God's will. If it doesn't come, it's God's will. K, sirrah, sirrah. You're sadly, you will have your life stolen from you, and worse yet, worse yet. What God intended for you to be in the kingdom will not be happening. The other people that are, are, are on the other side of your obedience will not be reached. If God has called you to go and have a pr- prison ministry, yes, I'm not talking about a full-time prayer. Go and... What's up, Steve? He's <laughs> looking at me. Jim, sorry, he's, he's had a prison ministry for a while. But if God has called you into any kind of a ministry, if you choose not to step up to the plate, those people aren't going to be reached because we're it, people. We, we are it if we don't take it to the people, if we don't have the boldness, if we don't learn to have the boldness, if we don't have the Holy Spirit and understand, I can get fired up and bold to be able to talk to my, I don't want to talk to my neighbor, whatever. It's like, if we don't do it, it ain't going to happen. My dad was a salesman. And so he always taught us about the, you know, the fear of rejections and the fear of being turned down. And and, and 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 it's a real thing, right? We all we most of us fear rejection. Most of us interpret just about everything as rejection. They didn't want to come with me to the movies. I don't know what's wrong. You know, it's like you take that to heart and then you're gonna mope for three weeks because they didn't come to the movie with you or whatever. We we just we just we just project all these because of our insecurities and we've got all these things that we assume people's motives are, are. And, and because we're so we, we we have not laid hold of the truth of what God's given us and found out that listen, I am loved, I'm independent, I can stand with whether you like me or not. And I'm, a, I'm getting better with that, whether you like me or not or you whatever. And listen, it, it hurts sometimes when you, when you want people to like you, right? Most people do. But if you, don't, if you choose to surrender to that more than to fear God, because that's what the true fear of God is, by the way. The true fear of God is, 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 is um, making a priority of what God says over what you think people feel about you. That's what fearing God means. It doesn't mean having terror or anything like that. It just means like prioritize who are you going to listen to. Who is your Lord after all? But you see, we've got these incredible promises and these incredible parables that Jesus says, and he's going to, he's going to equip us and how he's going to teach us and how we're going to lay hold of them. And, and we can get everything for life and godliness, it says in 2 Peter chapter 1. Everything for life and godliness—they all there for us for the taking, if we will just but follow it. But you know what? We don't. And and sad to say, sad to say, most churches don't teach this. Most churches make the parables about salvation. Most churches don't teach you that, that how you can what this is, how you can lay hold of these and why it. Listen, listen. I want you to know. God will not change towards you. He will love you, always he will. He will love you always. But he wants, he will, he can only, because he gave you this thing called free will, right? He can't choose for you. He won't choose for you. He cannot. Free will exists, like I said in the beginning, it's your choice whether you will lay hold of it or you will go your own way. And listen, guys, we are all on the journey every one of us have missed it. Except me, right? No, Not me included. Primarily me. No, it's, it, we, we all miss it. We all, we all drop the ball. We, we, we all make mistakes. You know, and I've said that before, but I think it's such a powerful script. Though the righteous man falls seven times, he gets up again. It doesn't say righteous people never fall the righteous people gets up again. So it's okay. And that's the power of being in a body. The power of you being connected with brothers and sisters is to find this fellowship, is the ability to fellowship with one another, to get to know one another, because there is strength in fellowship. There, if, if And I'm not talking about just coming and sitting in a chair on Sunday. It's that's great that you came into church. Praise God. Thank you. But I mean, it's just like, you, you've you got to understand that true strength in your life is going to come from relationships, godly relationships, relationships that you pick with people that are going to walk with that, that you're going to be able to get to in, in a safe place. And that's what we try and provide in our life groups. We have a bunch of life groups, and they kick off again in September. And after, after, that's right, after the, the spiritual um, flowing in grace series. We'll kick off our life groups again, and some, a couple of them carry on anyhow. But, but relationships, spiritual godly relationships, and this is all over the Bible, Old and New Testament, that, that, that they, are our, they, they are so essential. He who walks with the wise becomes wise, all of those things. Now, if you don't have good spiritual counsel people that you can go and cling to and say, hey, listen, dude, I'm going through stuff. But you know what? We, 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 our self-worth again, I don't have bad stuff. I, I just don't suffer. I don't go through those things, right? No, 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 no. We, 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 it's here in a body that functions like the way it's supposed to, a healthy body. Listen, guys, we're going to have issues. We're going to stub our toes. We're going to fall down. And that's not to say, hey, listen, I can live like the devil. God loves me. If, if you do, you're stupid. Yeah. And, and, you know, and you, you are. You're, you're really, really, you're really very foolish. And, you know, I'll tell that to you as straight as I can and as lovingly as I can. But if you think that, that, that walking in sin is going to be good for you, shame. I'm sorry. It's going to hurt. And it, it's, it's really bad if it hurts other people. Then I'm going to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, you know if it just hurts you, that's terrible. But if it hurts other people around you, it hurts your spouse and hurts your kids and hurts this and hurts that. It's just like you selfish thing. Get over yourself. You know. 1 <laughs> Corinthians 2 um Verse 9 says this, But it is written, What no eye has seen nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love Him. That's not talking about in the sweet by and by, by the way. It's talking about, but these things in verse 10, God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in Him? No one, uh, so also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us. This is talking about the here and now. The Spirit helps us to understand the things that we've earned? No. It helps us understand the things freely given to us. You see, true life by the Spirit is not automatic. We can live by the flesh. We can walk by the flesh. We can think. You know, we've had messages as well. Ephesians says, do not walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking or their imaginations. We're encouraged as believers, don't live like the Gentiles. Don't think like the Gentiles. Renew your mind. Go to Bible college. Plug into a life group. Make your priorities here. Set your, you know, you... That is the hardest thing, and I know that's not comfortable, but you know that your priorities are chosen by you every day. Every day, you choose what you will spend your life on. You choose how you're going to think. You're going to choose what you're going to do. You're gonna, you choose. The power of choice is in your hands, and I know we don't like that because it's easy to say it's God's problem. Or it's the devil's problem. It's the devil. God, we've had this discussion before. Let me blame somebody, but it sure ain't me, right? But the power of this, the power of it is when you, take, when you take responsibility and you say, wow, that really is mine, then you can you get to direct the life. You get to choose what sort of life you want. You get to say, okay, God, I choose to follow you. I choose to make you Lord. I choose that I'm going to adopt these truths. I'm choosing to do these things so that I can walk into and possess my land, what is already mine. You see, if we again, it's something for us to possess. We can't do it, um, and I, and I'm just going to say that scripture in in in. Me go straight here, Hebrews three, verse eighteen and nineteen, and to whom did he swear that they could not enter his rest? But to those who were disobedient. Um, actually, that word disobedient, I'll talk about that in verse eighteen, and then it's, um, because it's actually the word um, apatheia, which means impersuadable. It's not the word disobey. It can be inter- it can be translated um, disobedience, but apatheia means to be impersuadable, to refuse to allow yourself to be persuaded. It says, so those people who could not enter his rest, they could not because they refused to allow their hearts to be persuaded of truth. So we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. Unbelief is anti-faith. If you go and look it up, it's pistis or pistia is faith. Apostia is anti-faith. It's counter-believing. It's believing the wrong thing that says, if God says it this way, I'm going to believe it. They could not enter because they refused to believe it, just like those 10 spies in the example and the two spies, which the writer of Hebrews is referring to here in, three in, in chapter 3 and 4. If you do not allow yourself to be persuaded, if you're not, you have got a choice, listen, guys, I'm going to give you something really positive. There are giants in your land. But you can kick butt. You can. Jesus says, you do it my way and I will be with you. You do it my way, nothing can stop you. You do it my way. But you see, if you keep looking at your circumstances and you keep looking at the issues, then you will be crushed by them and you will make fearful decisions because you are looking at the giants. And you're not allowing your eyes to be persuaded of the truth. Your heart eyes of your heart. You will not allow yourself to say, okay, this is mine. But you are able. You and I are able. And this is why we need to encourage one another. while it is today, it says later in Hebrews, encourage one another. You can do it. You can do it. You can kick giant butt. I mean, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but but you can. It's like, but you know, we need one another to be able to say, hey, listen, guys, because I know the storms of life come. Many of you know I've cried on your shoulders, can feel sorry for myself. <laughs> Stacy's laughing just a little too much right now. But but you we it's our choice. It's our choice. It's our choice. Will we allow our hearts to be persuaded to enter into our land? Know this, there are gonna be giants. There is going to be resistance if you want to do and go God's way, there will be resistance. It is not always easy. I'm not saying that, that you know, that Jesus said it can be a rest. I'm not talking about it not being a rest. I'm just saying that you will have opposition, and if you think that if there's no opposition, then that's grace, you are sorely mistaken. Grace is accessed through faith, the same way the Land is possessed through faith, and we've got to have a clear understanding of what faith is and, and, and how to operate faith, and that's just, we just don't have time for that today, but I mean, it's just like, but it is our choice, and, and listen to this in, in Hebrews chapter 4, the next couple verses down. For good news came, uh, came to us just as to them, but the message they heard whew, did not benefit them, did not benefit them, because they were not united by faith with those who listened. Now, if you changed, I mean, if you put that in NIV, can you flip flop that, Joy? I'm not sure if you're able to put that in another version, right? I'm not easily. That's ESV, right? Yeah. The good news came to us, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by the faith of those who listened. But it's basically um, if the, you are not, if you, if you, you, it will not benefit you if you do not have faith you do not join or mix it with faith. You have got to have that choice. Amen. The promised land. Oh, there it is. Uh, We also had the good news proclaimed to us just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. So that is our choice. We have got I, I, I have a, a bunch of, of key, key things that I wanted to get to, um, and I'll do this next Sunday about just simple things that we can do that are, that are priorities, that I'm just going to put some sort of bullet points, um, but I don't want to go into those today. I, I think we, we've know, know this, there is a promised land. You have a land to possess. There are giants. There will be resistance. You can prepare, like Terry and Mel said, you can prepare. You can get your hearts ready, just like Joshua and Caleb. We are well able, because let me just tell you this just as a nugget. You've heard me say this before. Faith is not in a scripture. Faith is in the God of that scripture. There's a big difference. We get to know the character of God. We get to walk with God. We go to Bible school because we get to know God. It's not just about being theological. We miss it. There's too many people that chase information. They chase certificates. They chase degrees. They chase paper. They chase qualifications. You and I get to choose if we will know Him. If that if what you're doing has got the priority of knowing Him. Because I'm telling you, He has got an open invitation to intimacy with you. The, 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 I, I was just telling Karen the other day, I'm, I'm, the, the invitation to intimacy in, in the book of John is like, when you, if you come to me, I will love you, and we, we can sit down and I'll reveal myself to you. Now, God's not saying that he won't reveal himself to other people or is not willing to introduce himself to other people that don't love him. But he's saying, listen, when you come to me, when you make love the priority, when you make intimacy the deal, I can actually work with that. I, you and me can chat. We can fellowship. We can, that's what fellowship means, koinonia. Koinonia means to, to share in common. We get to share in, in what Jesus did. But when we, when we love God and we make love and relationship with Him the priority, that's when God can show Himself. To, and we make and that's faith. Listen, faith is incidental when you know God. That is what it is, because you know Him in whom you've believed. You know Him. You know Him, the promise maker. You know Him, all of these things. You don't know, oh, well, I can say this scripture, and I can use... When, when we remove God from the bible or from scripture and we don't understand that that's a revelation of him that's when we start using scriptures like spells we we want to we want to rattle it off and we want to do this and we we want to argue about it but it's a revelation of him the invitation is to intimacy with him god loves us unconditionally right we know that that's one of the things that we say reaching, that's number one here at Lake Haven, reaching people, reaching people with God's unconditional love. Right? But then next, but establishing believers in Christ, in the anointed one, getting established, getting rooted and grounded in truth. And then we can connect to his cause to take this to the world. And people are waiting on the other side of your obedience. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness and love. Holy Spirit, we're so grateful for what you're doing in us. And Father, I just pray by the Spirit of God that you, that you give words and dreams and visions of, of value and purpose for people, each one sitting here, no matter how young or old, Father, that they, they see beyond themselves to whatever that next step is. You have a purpose. A purpose, a purpose that is fulfilling and that will cause a spring in your step. I want you to know that you have a purpose so on fire that it will make you jump out of bed in the morning because you are so fired up to get the will of God done in your life. You can be so fired up with purpose and passion for life and for what God is doing. And yes, people, you are going to be blessed and people on the other side of you are going to be blessed. But the choice is yours. The choice is yours. So make a quality decision here in a moment. Holy Spirit is never is always here. It never leaves you or forsakes you. Are you ready to make a choice? A good quality decision just between you and God, because he, he knows your heart. He sees your heart. If you're not even ready to make a choice, that's okay. Just say, Lord, I'm not ready to make that choice and let's you and me chat. Awesome. Go and talk to him. A land is for you to possess. If you have made a choice and you just say, like, Jesus, I've I missed the boat some and I just don't even know. I don't even feel like you love me right now. I just don't know which way is up. I don't know which way the bubbles are blowing. And I feel like I'm in a washing machine. Of life, I want to encourage you, just come and talk to our prayer ministers here. They are so talented, I mean gifted. They would love to pray with you.